0: the tomb of keats by oscar wilde this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by rob marland the tomb of keats as one enters rome from the via ostiensis by the porta san paolo the first object that meets the eye is a marble pyramid which stands close at hand on the left there are many egyptian obelisks in rome tall snake-like spires of red sandstone mottled with strange writings which remind us of the pillars of flame which led the children of israel through the desert away from the land of the pharaohs but more wonderful than these to look upon is this gaunt wedge-shaped pyramid standing here in this italian city unshattered amid the ruins and wrecks of time looking older than the eternal city itself like terrible impassiveness turned to stone and so in the middle ages men supposed this to be the sepulchre of remus who was slain by his own brother at the founding of the city so ancient and mysterious it appears what we have now perhaps unfortunately more accurate information about it and know that it is the tomb of one caius castius a roman gentleman of small note who died about thirty bc yet though we cannot care much for the dead man who lies in lonely state beneath it and who is only known to the world through his sepulchre still this pyramid will be ever dear to the eyes of all english-speaking people because at evening Its shadow falls on the tomb of one who walks with Spencer, and Shakespeare, and Byron, and Shelley, and Elizabeth Barrett Browning, in the great procession of the Sweet Singers of England. For at its foot there is a green sunny slope known as the Old Protestant Cemetery, and on this a common-looking grave, which bears the following inscription. This grave contains all that was mortal of a young English poet who, on his deathbed, in the bitterness of his heart, desired these words to be engraven on his tombstone. Here lies one whose name was writ in water, February 24th, 1821. And the name of the young English poet is John Keats. Lord Horton calls this cemetery one of the most beautiful spots on which the eye and heart of man can rest and shelley speaks of it as making one in love with death to think one should be buried in so sweet a place and indeed when i saw the violets and the daisies and the poppies that overgrow the tomb i remembered how the dead poet had once told his friend that he thought the intensest pleasure he had received in life was in watching the growth of flowers, and how another time, after lying a while quite still, he murmured in some strange prescience of early death, I feel the flowers growing over me. But this time-worn stone and these wild flowers are but poor memorials of one so great as Keats. Footnote. Recently, some well-meaning persons have placed a marble slab on the wall of the cemetery, with a medallion profile of Keats on it, and some mediocre lines of poetry. The face is ugly, and rather hatchet-shaped, with thick sensual lips, and is utterly unlike the poet himself, who was very beautiful to look upon. His countenance says a lady who saw him at one of Hazlitt's lectures, lives in my mind as one of singular beauty and brightness. It had the expression as if he had been looking on some glorious sight. And this is the idea which Seven's picture of him gives. Even Hayden's rough pen-and-ink sketch of him is better than this, marble libel, which I hope will soon be taken down." I think the best representation of the poet would be a coloured bust, like that of the young Rajah of Coolapoor at Florence, which is a lovely and lifelike work of art. End of footnote. Most of all, too, in this city of Rome, which pays such honour to her dead, where popes and emperors and saints and cardinals lie hidden in porphyry wombs or couched in baths of jasper and chalcedony and malachite, ablaze with precious stones and metals, and tended with continual service. For very noble is the site, and worthy of a noble monument. Behind looms the grey pyramid, symbol of the world's age, and filled with memories of the sphinx and the lotus-leaf, and the glories of old Nile. In front is the Monte Testaccio, built, it is said, with the broken fragments of the vessels in which all the nations of the East and the West brought their tribute to Rome, and a little distance off, along the slope of the hill under the Aurelian wall, some tall gaunt cypresses rise, like burnt-out funeral torches, to mark the spot where Shelley's heart, that heart of hearts, lies in the earth and above all the soil on which we tread is very rome as i stood beside the mean grave of this divine boy i thought of him as a priest of beauty slain before his time and the vision of guido's saint sebastian came before my eyes as i saw him at genoa a lovely brown boy with crisp clustering hair and red lips bound by his evil enemies to a tree, and, though pierced by arrows, raising his eyes with divine impassioned gaze towards the eternal beauty of the opening heavens, and thus my thoughts shaped themselves to rhyme. Hugh Miserande Pua Rid of the world's injustice and its pain, he rests at last beneath God's veil of blue, Taken from life, while life and love were new, The youngest of the martyrs here is lain, Fair as Sebastian, and as foully slain. No cypress shades his grave, nor funeral yew, But red-lipped daisies, violets drenched with dew, And sleepy poppies catch the evening rain. O proudest heart that broke for misery, O saddest poet that the world hath seen, O sweetest singer of the English land, Thy name was writ in water on the sand, But our tears shall keep thy memory green, And make it flourish like a basil tree. Rome, 1877 End of the Tomb of Keats by Oscar Wilde